0: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak your word to us, that we would hear your word, and it would bear fruit in our lives all to your honor and glory. In Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen. Please be seated, and as you're being seated, if you would turn back to Matthew 11, which was just read a moment ago. Matthew 11, it's page 816 in the red Bibles in front of you, if you'd like to follow along there. Matthew 11. The reality is that many of us are here with deep questions. Some come with intellectual questions of faith, and that is good. God is the source of all truth, and our honest intellectual questions can be met by God. But others come with heart questions, questions that come from pain, doubts that come from confusion and suffering. The woman who gets a scary medical diagnosis and the husband who has to go through it with her. The person who gets better only to get sick again. When we see someone close to us die young. When a job is suddenly taken away and there's no other prospects available. The one left brokenhearted by a cheating or hurtful spouse. These are not so much questions of the mind, but deep questions of the heart. And in those dark times, whether they be brief or terminal, we are invited to rest in trusting Jesus. In Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, we can have deep rest in trusting god trusting his purposes his plan his provision in the midst of it trusting that while we do not always have our satisfying answers we can trust in who he is and rest knowing that he is in fact on the throne he is coming again and he will one day put the world to rights Now in our reading from Matthew 11, John the Baptist has these sorts of deep heart questions. Jesus is not coming on the scene in the way that John expected. He isn't fitting John's mold. And John is literally stuck in prison. Imprisoned for preaching about God and preaching godliness and righteousness. And in the midst of his prison sentence, he's starting to doubt. And so he sends some of his followers to ask Jesus directly if Jesus really is the Messiah. If he really is the one that John has been going around telling everybody that he is. Is he really the heavenly king who will bring God's purposes in the world? Are you really that one, Jesus? Jesus answers him by essentially saying, trust. Even when John's current experience doesn't look like Jesus is the one, John is invited to trust. To trust, as we'll see, on the basis of Scripture. Jesus quotes the Old Testament to remind John that Jesus really is fulfilling God's promises. To trust on the basis of God's revealed word, Holy Scripture. And to trust on the basis of God's mighty works. What they see Jesus doing. He reminds John of the amazing things that Jesus has already been doing. Even though it's dark now, remember what God has already done. And we are each called to trust Jesus. To trust in Him even when it's hard and when doubts start creeping in. So following the example of John in our readings today, I want to invite us to see three different situations in our own lives when it is especially hard, but especially important to trust. We don't pretend everything is happy and easy, but we learn to to rest in trusting God in the midst of things that are not yet as they should be and things that are not yet as they will be one day in the fullness of God's kingdom but I want us to see three different experiences when we need to rest trusting Jesus that we see in our readings today. And so the first is this. Trust even when he does not give you what you ask. Look with me at verse 2. Now when John heard in prison, that's John is in prison, when he heard about the deeds of, of Christ... He sent word by his disciples. Now, just so you know, that was like a hundred-mile walk to send word by his disciples. So he sent his disciples. He really wanted to know. Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. So now John the Baptist is in prison, and he's starting to wonder if Jesus really is the Messiah that's going to bring about God's kingdom in the world. And John is stuck in prison, and he's looking to the heavenly king, asking if he would come and set him free. He's essentially asking Jesus, are you really the Messiah and if you are, come rescue me. And Jesus' answer is a sort of mashup of a couple of different passages from Isaiah in the Old Testament. The first part of it was read today, Isaiah 35, 5 and 6. You don't need to turn there, but that's that's where it mentions specifically when God's kingdom comes, the eyes of the blind being open, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And the lame leaping like a deer, all quoted in Jesus in his answer here. But then Jesus also quotes Isaiah 61, verse 1. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to look in your Bible right now at Matthew 11, look at the end of verse 5. See, some of you are just now opening your Bible, I understand. I think it's page 816, Matthew 11. Look at the end of verse 5. I want you to follow along there. I'm going to read the passage he's quoting, and I want you to notice what he picks up on and what he leaves out. Okay? So you read along in Matthew 5 and Jesus' answer, and I'm going to read the verse that he's really quoting. Isaiah 61 says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Notice what's glaringly missing in Jesus' answer to John. In the context of speaking to John, who is in prison, Jesus skips the part about freeing the prisoners. Now in other places, Jesus does include that part of that specific verse as characterizing his ministry but here in this specific context he skips the exact part that John is looking for and so there's a hint here that John is not going to get what he's asking for he's not going to get released from prison and we see just a couple chapters later that he dies in prison he's executed But here in Jesus' answer in Matthew 11, there's a hint that John is not going to get what he's asking for. But John is called to trust Jesus even without getting the freedom that he needs and that he's asking for. He is called to trust and to to not turn away from Jesus even when the answer to his question is no. Jesus says in verse 6, blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Blessed is the one who accepts God's plan and does not turn away from God, even when God's plan is different than ours. Blessed is the one who rests in trusting Jesus, even when we do not get what we ask. See, friends, you and I are called to trust in Jesus even when we don't get what we ask. Now, sometimes we don't get because we don't ask in prayer. Bible tells us that specifically but other times we do ask and we ask and ask and ask and the answer is still no we pray with faith that someone will be healed and they're not we pray for a relationship to be put right and it's not we pray for a good medical result and we receive the worst And right in the midst of that scary and painful answer, we are called to trust in Jesus just as John was. To immerse ourselves again in the Word of God, to be reminded again of God's faithfulness to us. To look back at our own lives and the lives of others, to see the ways that God has been faithful over and over again. Relying on the indwelling Holy Spirit to enable us to trust Him just one more time. And one more time, and one more time, we are called to trust in Jesus even when He does, does not give us what we ask. Second, we must trust in Jesus even when He does not fit our mold. Jesus just doesn't fit John's mold. Nor does He fit the mold the expectations of the crowd he just doesn't do what anybody expected so the critics the crowd uh, say in verse 18 or rather jesus quotes them in verse 18 for john came neither eating nor drinking and they say he has a demon who would live that way the Son of Man, Jesus, came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. John behaved one way, they rejected him. Jesus behaved the opposite, and they rejected him just as much. They just, he just did not fit what they expected and wanted him to be. But Jesus also didn't fit what John had expected. He's not looking like what John had predicted. Remember, John spoke of Jesus as being one who would baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. He said that the axe was laid at the root of the tree. Jesus was coming to cut down the rulers of this world and establish God's kingdom. But, John says, here I am in prison. Where is this new kingdom that I told people you were bringing? Jesus just does not appear to be wielding an axe to cut down the evil rulers of this world like he's supposed to. It doesn't fit John's expectations either. So in a previous ministry context, there was a leader, I'm not getting into judging anyone's heart, but there was a leader who had been sharing things about other leaders that were just simply false. Flat out, not true. And some of his followers, who didn't realize that what he had been saying was untrue, had actually shared the same untrue things with their congregations. And I was there when some of them started to realize how untrue those messages were. And they were deeply troubled by realizing that they had publicly shared Things that were so wrong. And there was a real crisis in their hearts when they realized that they had been misleading people. Unintentionally, sure, but they realized they had been part of the problem and they weren't sure what to do with themselves. That's what John's going through. He's wondering if he's been wrong all along. Jesus is not fitting his mold, he's not fulfilling his expectations, and so he's questioning if Jesus really is the Messiah of God at all but Jesus doesn't reject or rebuke John for that doubt and he doesn't reject or rebuke us either his answer to us is also what he said to John look again at scripture immerse yourself in the message of the Bible and hear again what God has already done Trust in the One who has revealed Himself there. Also, look again at your own experience. He says, what do you see and hear? Look to your own experience and the experience of others. God is at work and we can trust in Him even when things don't look the way we should and we can look back at our own lives and the lives of others to be encouraged at what God is doing. Trust in Jesus even when He doesn't fit your mold of what you think He should do or should be like. Trust in Him, even when He simply does not fit our mold. And third, trust even when you have to wait. John had to wait, not knowing what was going to happen. He didn't know the end and just had to wait. He had to wait indefinitely. Our reading from James Chapter 5 today also encourages us to trust while we wait. James 5 verse 7 says, Be patient, therefore, until the coming of the Lord. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Be patient. Establish your hearts, trusting in the Lord who is coming. The challenge is, as one writer put it, that everything tends to get out of proportion when you are suffering for a long time. Doubts grow in such soil. It is hard to wait, especially waiting in pain or sorrow. But that's the time when we must turn outside of ourselves and hear again the message of the Gospel in Scripture. That is the time when we must hear again the testimony of the church of what God has done in our lives. And that is the time when we must again declare what God has done in our lives lives. Rest and trust, even when we have to wait and wait and wait. When You're longing for a spouse, but one just doesn't seem to be coming. When you're longing for a child, and you're told that's impossible. When you're longing for a deployed family member to come home, and you have no news about their safety, you're longing for a child to come to their senses but you see no signs of that happening and we must face these unmet longings head-on but face them with rest and trust in Jesus not because we see the end but actually because we don't but we know in the midst of the darkness that Jesus holds us and holds all things in his hands so we can trust even while we must wait Friends, as one author has put it, Advent begins in the dark. That's where we find ourselves. That's where John found himself. And the call to each one of us is to trust in the dark. We don't have to wait until we're in the light. We trust in the midst of the darkness. We trust when we do not get what we ask. We trust when Jesus isn't the way we think He's supposed to be. And we trust when we have to keep on waiting and waiting. We are, as we are called to trust, let us devote ourselves to, to the exact things that Jesus calls John to do. To immerse ourselves in the message of Scripture, hearing again and again the truly good news of Jesus. Jesus the way he fulfills God's promises, the way he became one of us in his incarnation, the way he sets us free through his death and resurrection. Immerse yourself in the reading and study of God's word, the Bible. And also, as he encourages John, let us remind ourselves and remind each other of the mighty works of God in our lives. Share testimony of what God has done for you because you need to hear it, and so do we. Share with the church, and also share with your own heart what God has done in your life. Trust in Jesus when you do not get what you ask, when Jesus doesn't fit the mold you have set for him, and trust in Jesus when you have to keep on waiting. Jesus said this to John, Or to his disciples, go and tell John what you see and hear. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. May we be a people who rest and trust in our Lord Jesus. Amen.